we believe in you. The key to your success in anything you do in life is when you find the capacity to begin to believe in yourself. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast, where we showcase phenomenal individuals who have overcome serious traumas, life obstacles, and challenges to find their own path to fearless happiness. Listen as Max Nast invites guests from all around the world to share their experiences and spread strength, hope, and faith. This is the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and this is Max Nast. All right, everybody, you know what time it is, right? I like to say good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever you are in this world. This is Max from the Fearless Happiness Podcast, and I have brought back a wonderful guest that I had last time, not too long ago. But at the time, he was getting ready to release another book, which we're going to talk about. It's called 10 Seconds of Boldness. But you know how I like to do it, Sean? Have, introduce yourself to my audience and let them know who you are and what an amazing human being you are. And we're going to keep going. Oh, you put it all on me. My gosh. So thank you for having me back, Max. You know, when I did this, I was in the throes of... Uh, of finishing up a book, getting ready for release and all that agony and, and, and consternation that goes around. And it's like, I like to, I, I like to say that God's got a funny sense of humor. It's like when you start writing things or you pray about certain things that he's going to give you plenty of opportunities to do that. So my name is Sean Langwell. I'm an author, a speaker, uh, a sales consultant. I've been in media sales for the better part of three decades, primarily in, uh, the advertising industry, print newspapers, print magazines, uh, and the like. I'm also the media past president of a California Writers Club uh, branch. It's called Redwood Writers up in Santa Rosa, California, and a past president of Toastmasters of Petaluma. So that's not to brag. It's just to say that I had opportunities that were presented to me along the way. And even though I didn't think that I could do them at the time, somebody encouraged me to actually say, yes, you can and go do it. And that's what I did. And that's kind of the, the story of everything that I write about and the story of my life. And I'm going to try and do my best to share some of that with you guys. I have one goal out of this is really to just help somebody who may be on a bubble, who's not having enough confidence or belief in their own ability, whether it's on a sobriety level or on a human level or on a goal or a personal development level, to know that you're not in it alone and that I believe in you, even if I don't know you, but other people are there to help encourage you to believe in yourself and that it's not the end of the world if you don't succeed at the first try. And that's kind of the story of human, human life. You know, if we give up, then we fail. If we don't give up, we can succeed. So that's pretty much what I got as far as that goes. Right. And y'all got to understand, like, when I first met Sean, we talked about his, you know, getting sober. He's going to have 37 years in October. Um, and he's living proof, right? Like, what I want you guys to get is, you know, Sean didn't stay in a bubble, as you heard. He, you know, he got sober and he started to expand as a human being, helping others along the way, right? But he's, one thing I like to say, like, he's definite proof that recovery happens. And that change happens as long as you're willing to do the work, right? And mm -hmm. Sean knows as well as I do. I've been in long-term recovery too. And me and Sean can go back and forth. I mean, we come from the same background, but you know, we both understand that people are going to find their way to recovery. And like he said, there's help every step of the way. You don't have to do it alone. 
um, you know, like I was telling Shauna's story, right, about what's going on in my life, right? And if I didn't have this help, I may not be sitting here talking to him today, right? Because left to my own devices, I would have got myself in trouble. But as he said, you know, God has a funny sense of humor. Uh, while I was plotting, you know, ill will towards someone, God pushed me in the pool and co- <laughs> cooled me off as I was reaching over. <laughs> Right. And I think it's funny because that's what I believe happened. Right. Like the God I believe in was going, okay, Max, you need to calm down. And, you know, and it's been a wonderful journey. I know on his part and my part, right. Both being authors and getting to help people in different ways. So Sean, like, you know, we talked about your first book, right. And then last time we spoke, you were, like you said, you were getting ready to finish up 10 seconds of boldness. And I know that was a process because like tell the audience like some of those challenges. Cause I saw when we were talking about it and I was talking, I could see in your eyes, you're like, I was ready to throw the manuscript out the window. Like I was ready to dump it off the Golden Gate Bridge. I was ready to throw it in my, right, my fireplace. But what you said, right, about having others, right? You have the support of your wife and, and your friends and, and other people. Let the audience know that what that looks like. Cause I, I encourage people to not be afraid right? To ask for help because that's like you being here today, just raise that flag for me. Like, okay, you tell people that Max, you need to raise your hand and ask for help because, you know, you're, I'm trying to do this by myself because I'm the man of the house, but you know what I mean? Well, and that's part of the problem too. So just to, to back up a little bit, I started this book um, right after I wrote Beyond Recovery, which was in 2016. I published that in 2016 and it took me over five years to do it because I hadn't written a book before i didn't really know what i was doing and i had to transcribe you know a 300 page book from literally 13 or 14 spiral bound journals of handwritten scribbled notes of just stream of consciousness stuff and i couldn't read my own writing so that was that so i managed to get that little bit of confidence i got my knees knocked the first time i sent that manuscript to my wife thinking i'm done she's like it's not ready yet and it's still you know to this day i still find typos in it but that's done so then i get to this book and it was originally going to be a goal setting book i've lived my entire life even before recovery on setting goals and attaining goals being a good student and it's just it's how i'm wired and a lot of that ties to the recovery aspect because I got a lot of my validation from other people, whether it was parents or teachers for being smart, for doing a good job. I got that pat on the back and just like drugs or alcohol, that was a form of addiction for me in the sense that I attached my identity to it. So long story short, what happened you came when we did this our last talk it was near the tail end so i had processed some of this but in the middle of writing 10 seconds of boldness i ended up after doing really well in my ad sales career i hit one of the worst spots of my entire career and i was actually in a spot where i feared for my job i'm like i can't i'm not doing this and and really when i looked in the mirror and i looked at what i was doing to produce the results that i was expected to result i was half-assed it and if anybody out there knows what that's like i mean in recovery half measures avail us nothing it's (laughs) we stood at the turning point i stood at that turning point with my career not in a recovery sense but with my career and i got pissed but what really happened is somebody who um 
was a client of mine said, you know, goals said goals are transactional. And it's just something about that took the wind out of my sails. So I let it sit for a year and I kind of licked my wounds and then kind of brushed off the dust a year later and came back to it. And then this other thing happened. I was doing well at work and then I hit the cliff at work and I got ticked off again. So some people get emotional. I get angry before I get sad and then I get reflective and then I start to go, okay, what can I actually do or who can help me get out of this mess? And it was really, really simple. I got pissed off one day and I grabbed a post-it note and a Sharpie and I wrote those words, 10 seconds of boldness on a post-it note and put it over the phone by my, uh, in my office. And the reason I wrote that is I wasn't making cold calls. I wasn't reaching out prospecting for new clients, new business. And I stared at that note for like two weeks and I still didn't do it. So that fear of not going to a meeting or not doing what we know we need to do because we're afraid of what might not happen, which is all that mental madness in our heads. I finally started to do it. What I wanted to say is it's mental masturbation is what it is. We're mind fucking ourselves to not do what we know we need to do because we're afraid of an outcome that may or may not happen. And that's the same exact problem that keeps people out there in recovery. And it's the same problem that keeps people not achieving the goals that they want in life, whatever those goals are. So I'm stoked about being on your podcast because the name says it all, Max, fearless happiness. Okay. If we want to be happy, we need to be able to push through and embrace the fear that we feel and and move through it anyway. So bottom line is I kept pressing on and pressing on. And then I'd hit these little things where I'd be writing about procrastination or overthinking. And, you know, we'll come back to I'm going to park it there for you so you can interject a little bit. But basically, I got to a place where I had a manuscript and then I had to go through that process. So. Um, Go ahead and interject a few things if you want, and then I can come back to it. A follow-up story after I published it is um, everything that's in this book, you're going to want to read it, but you're going to want to listen to it because uh, the process of doing an audio book was another learning curve that I had to face a lot of fear. Yeah, I saw your post on that. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so... The good days and the bad days where you were like, I know. So the long and short of it was, um, I published it, it came out. I'm like, you know, I, I was the, um, the chair conference chair of, a uh, Sonoma County writers conference in October last year. And I'd been toying with the idea of actually turning it in an audio book, but I'd never done it before. I didn't know what, I didn't know what questions to ask. I didn't know where to start. And. I didn't want to do it half-assed, and I also kind of wanted to do it myself, but I didn't know what to do. So one of the speakers that I had there, um, they do podcasts. They do, or not podcasts, they do audiobooks. And they asked if I could come into the studio and do a short segment so they could use that for the conference. And they played that segment in front of 30 or 40 people at the conference, and I was one of the people in that room. And the segment they played, and I remember recording it, it was just straight from my heart, like I would if I'm sharing in an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting or any other meeting, telling my story. People started crying. I struck a chord with 
a pain point where people were at in this constant struggle for trying to move through the fears and the insecurities and the doubts and the worries and the overthinking and the imposter syndrome, and it reached them. And it was brilliant on their part because I sat on it for a little while and then I decided to actually go into the studio and pony up a, a, a sizable amount of money to actually learn how to record and narrate my own audiobook. And I'd never done it before. They're professional producers and engineers and directors. And I sat in the studio and in that process, I realized there was some more typos in there. So my perfectionistic tendencies came out as I'm trying to record it. I got all but hurt because it's like, that's not right. I got to fix it. Well, once you get to a certain point, you have to deal with the imperfections. And it was really hard for me. So there was this struggle because they're also perfectionists of trying to find this through line and me losing my confidence after the first two sessions of, I don't know if I can do this. And they encouraged me. And I stuck with it and persisted through. And they said, they asked me something that I talk a lot about in this book. There's a lot of people that show up to life and they don't put the time in. They think that they can somehow go from point A to point Z without doing the work in between. It's a complete crock of shit. If you don't put the work and effort in, how can you ever expect to master anything? It doesn't happen. Right. In the book, I talk about, you know, Tinkerbell is not going to come along and sprinkle a little bit of fairy dust on you so you can suddenly become a successful right. best-selling author. Right. It doesn't work. So they asked me, did you practice? And I went, no. Have you read this aloud before coming into the studio? No. Well, if we're going to move forward this project, you need to practice it at least three times, two to three times before you start recording. And I did that. And as I did it, I was able to reconnect with the intent that I had when I wrote it and I got to an emotional level on the parts that required a certain level of emotion. And I got to a different level of clarity and conviction on the parts that were more teaching and instructive. And what ended up happening over the next two and a half months was there were several times where the producer and the director literally started breaking down as I'm telling some of the stories in there. They said, aha, uh -huh, where we were button heads talking about perfectionism. They're like, isn't it ironic that we're recording about perfectionism and you two are buttonheads? So <laughs> right. all this to say that I poured 40 years of life experience into this book and, and put it out there into the world, into an audio book that people can listen to on their own leisure. And it's the sole purpose is to try and help connect some of the things that I say in here to help you connect to yourself and to find that little bit of courage and inspiration that's already within you that you just need somebody to help nurture and pull out. And that's what the book is in a nutshell. There's a lot of different ways to go about how I get there, but it's a simple five-step process that um, anybody can do really. If, if if we're mentally and physically capable of doing some things in our lives and we're not dependent upon somebody else for life support, anybody can put this into, into action right. and improve their lives. Absolutely. Right. And I'm glad you shared that because, right, it just reminded me of 
some of the things like we talked about before the podcast started, right? Because I've been finding myself like, I can do this. I can do this, right? And then I get to that frustration and anger part of me where, okay, like losing my job, right? With this place. Like I went, talk about perfectionist. When you're talking about this, I would work till 10 o'clock at night to make sure all my stuff was done so that there was no question like during our staff meetings at Max, you're slacking, you're not doing your work. I was always done, right? Like, and I went above and beyond to make sure I documented what I had to document, right? Because I I ask a lot of questions. I make sure I take notes. You know what I mean? I make sure that the people that I serve get the care that they need, right? And then when they called, like, and it was I was like robotic, you know, well, terminating your employment immediately because we're restructuring. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like. You get mm. you get that like sticker shock, right? You're like, like, wait a minute, I get off the phone, and I'm like, he just they just did what, you know? And and you know, I I know for me, I go through with what you said earlier, right? I go through the anger, the resentment, then the sadness, and then the reflection, and sometimes in different orders, right? And that's why I like you know, well, being an entrepreneur, being an author, being a business person, or whatever, right? It all parallels. Uh, life, you know what I mean? Life doesn't always go perfectly, right? And when things don't go right and, and you're being too proud, like in my case, or your ego is getting too big because you've gone through this so many times that you think you could do it by yourself again, right? You get those moments that slap you upside the head where it's like, you didn't get sober by yourself. You know, mm-hmm. you didn't do this by yourself, <clears throat> right? And then it's funny because my sponsor will call or someone will go, hey, how you doing, right? And it'll Thank God it brings me back to earth and goes, I got to start asking for help. Yeah, I got to continue. But what you said always resonates with me. It's like, I can't stop doing the work, though. I got to keep trying, right? It reminds me of the, you know, Michael Jordan, right? You know, I missed 10,000s and thousands of shots before I got to the ones that I made, right? And I got to remember, I got to fail forward and I got to, right? And I can't wait to get into your audio book. Because I started reading it, so I'm gonna kind of do both, like read it as I listen to it. Because I get a lot more out of that sometimes, where I'm reading it as I'm listening to a book, and apply some of that stuff. Because I know now is not the time to be prideful. At least for me, it's not. It's time. It's not time for me to go. Well, Sean's doing all right. He's fine. Like he doesn't understand what I'm going through, right? Because <laughs> you know, if we were having a conversation even off the podcast, you'd be like, "Max, I know exactly what you're going through." Right? Like, yeah. This is what you got to do. Um, but this is why I bring you back too, because I know you have tons of information for my audience, right? Because, like you said, what you said, fearless happiness, right? And fearless doesn't mean that I'm not afraid, right? What it means is that I do the work, even though I'm scared shitless and I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. That's why, you know, I, I put that in there, right? Because then if I do that, then the happiness part, right? I put the why, right? Because then it means it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I can be happy going through whatever I'm going through, knowing that I have the support, right? As you know, me and you got the support of our higher power, which I call God. We got the support of our spouses and our friends and colleagues. Right. Like if we sit back and think about it, we got a lot of help. Yeah. But, you know, I get into this mode. Right. And I'm so glad that we're doing this again is I get so caught up in this head of mine. Right. That I forget that I got help out there. So I'm so glad that you came back. Right. Because you get to share with the, your wisdom. 
like, and you're probably going max. Yeah. You need, you need to pull your head out of your butt and get back to what the, you know, to me, I call it, get back to the basics, what we learned when we we're early in recovery, right? Trust God, clean house and help others. Right. And that's, if I do that and I continue on that path that I was taught, things always seem to work out the way they're supposed to, because I'm practicing my faith. Uh, I'm being fearless as best I can, even though I'm scared, if that makes sense. And I just keep doing the work, like you said, because personal development isn't about everything's going to be, you know, sunshine and roses and unicorns and all that shit. You know what I mean? Well, no. And the other thing is, you know, I think in, in hearing you've been around coming up on 20 years in, in, in 12 step rooms, I'm coming up on 37 and you hear you've, we've heard a lot. Okay. And by virtue of our participation in recovery, that's exposed us to a whole lot of things and people from a psychological perspective of seeing what does and doesn't work. And, and it's easy to look at things outside of ourselves and other people, but it's incredibly difficult. And one of the hardest things I have to do is like, like what you did here, you put me on the spot, like, Tell us a little bit about yourself. I gave you a freaking bio and he's like, no, you got to do it. And I'm like, okay, do it in a humble way. Do it without pride, but also own what it is that we're doing. And that is the crux of not only recovery in 12-step programs, but it's the crux of living life to the fullest that you can. It's a personal responsibility decision. Happiness is a function of a choice and a decision that we make on a daily basis and the same can be said for fear um fear is never ever going to go away like we already know it's how we respond to and adapt to the inevitable fears that are in our lives and once we've been sober a little while the fear of going back out and drinking does evaporate if we're working the program that was promised to me i couldn't wait for it to happen it didn't happen until after my first year of sobriety dropping to my knees in broad daylight and saying the third step prayer with my sponsor behind a church on a hillside in a sunshiny day and feeling incredibly awkward but what the the pivotal point was there that ties into what 10 seconds of boldness is and pretty much what i'm all about is those the commonality that we all share as human beings, whether we're in recovery or not, is the fact that we have these emotions. We have these various states of being that are going to happen whether or not we think we are in control of them. And what happens to alcoholics is they don't want to feel. So I carried, when I before I did that third step, I was still carrying around this big bag of rocks and resentments and fear <laughs> and anger and right. big old FUs to the rest of the world because I felt like the world somehow owed me something. And that can easily translate into other areas of business and or people's personal growth, self-improvement and development is we have this mentality that we somehow are owed something. And nothing can be further from the truth. What we are owed is, is we're not owed anything really. What we get in return is predicated on how much effort we are willing to put in and how much we are willing to ask others to help us. 
And that is the crux of the program of Alcoholics Anonymous. And I quite frankly feel that it is a design for living that could be, you know, translated to any other business in this world if those principles were applied. And the reason being is what you talked about, this, this, I call it a seesaw, the, the seesaw between self-will and what we call God's will. And there's a surrender and a humility that happens in that. And it's done in a religious sense sometimes, but it's also done in 12-step recovery programs. But if you also take a step back and read some of the, the biggest and most successful companies in the world, they're usually run by leaders who have a sense that is not all about them. In other words, they take their eyes off themselves and focus it on other people. Right. And in order to do that, you have to be willing to ask for help. You have to be willing to create a vision to help guide other people in an environment that is safe to ask for help. And that's where some of this rub happens in recovery is people are afraid that they've carried this guilt and shame around for so long. How could I ever tell this to somebody else? I don't want to feel it. I'm afraid if I do that, I'm going to be fired or I'm going to lose this relationship or whatever that what if is that the courage that comes in the willingness to surrender to a power greater than ourselves on a daily basis that keeps people like me and Matt, Max sober is the very thing, whatever that other thing is, right? that continues to allow us to put one foot in front of the other and and surrender but also not run away from not to replace those fears with drugs and alcohol like we did in the beginning right. and now we have to have some other tool that comes in here so that's what i mean when it says that those 12 steps and the principles behind them can easily be applied into a business arena or just life in general it is a design for living right if we remain humble and willing to ask for help and to look at ourselves in the mirror when stuff comes up you know, I'm glad that you brought that up, right? Because I remember when I first, and especially after the last relapse and I was getting sober, right? <laughs> and I would hear in a meeting, just surrender to win. And that just did not sit with, you know what I mean? Like, what do you mean surrender to win, right? You think of battle, like surrender, you lost, you're giving up. Yep. Right? And then I had this wise mentor of mine explain that to me, right? He goes, when you surrender, right? And you admit, Right. Because until you admit you have a problem, there is no solution. Right. And then he started to explain that he goes, when you surrender, you win because you're one, you're admitting there's a problem. Two, now what's going to happen is you're opening yourself up to suggestion. Right. Like when people go, hey, and you said it perfectly early, uh, earlier. Right. Because that's what I was taught to go to meetings. You're going to hear what to do and what not to do. Plain and simple. You're going to see the things that work and you're going to see the things that don't work. And it's, you know, as my sponsors say, I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm only suggesting, but go pay attention. Right. I don't even want you to share for the first month. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. And that's a funny story. Cause I remember being in a meeting after my last relapse and they picked me to share. And he, he just looked at the leader and says, he's got nothing to share right now. I'm like, Right. Yeah, it's but, it's old, the old adage of take the cotton out of your ears and put them in your mouth is what I heard or coming up. Absolutely. But what that taught me, right, you said is, is that humility, what I started to learn was being humble enough to listen so that I could get the help. So I could hear what, you know, what the people that were staying sober for long periods of time, 
were doing so I could go, okay, I'm going to do that because obviously my way didn't work, right? Because here I am again, a newcomer. Um, And you're so right, right? Because even in the big book, it says, you know, these principles could be used by, you know, normies or whatever that says in the book, right? Where it says even people without alcoholism could use these to better their lives, basically in a paraphrase. And it's true, right? Because the principles guide us guys like me and you so that one, everybody thinks it's not just to not drink, right? But that's just part of the big picture, right? Because I believe, and I think you do too, is that our higher power wants us, wants better for us, not just to be sober, but right, to be better enough to go help the next person and so on and so forth. And whatever we do, right? It's not just in the uh, in the rooms. And thank God my sponsor, when I relapsed the last time, he said, Dude, you don't get to pick and choose who you get to help now. You've that you've just blown that, right? Mm. If someone puts their hand out, you go help them, right? I don't care who it is. It could be your mom. It could be some stranger on the street. It could be someone in. I don't care, but you just lost that. You don't get a choice anymore, right? And and I thank God to this day that He made that clear to me that I don't get to go. You know, oh hey, Sean's in the rooms. I can help Sean, right? Or you know what I mean? Like, because if I pick and choose how he put it to me was like, he goes, you're kind of playing God then. Cause you're, you get to decide, you know, who made you God and God doesn't even do that. He helps everybody. So I'm putting that on you. And here I am today with this podcast, right? Having amazing gentlemen like you on this podcast that share their story, wh- whether it comes from recovery or in your business life and just things you've learned over almost 37 years without a drink or a drug. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's amazing. And I know you've probably, we could probably be here all day, all night talking about the people we've helped or who helped us, who, you know, maybe during, during times where we were struggling, opened our eyes and say, oh, you're still on the right path. Just keep going. Don't quit on yourself. Right. And, and that's one thing I thank God that I surrounded myself with guys like yourself. They wouldn't let me quit on me when I was having those days, you know, where I was like, I'm just throwing in the towel. I'm done. No, you're not. Get in the car. We're going to a meeting. Right. Or get in the car. You're going to go over here. We're going to go help move this couch where I found out later, right? We moved the same couch to 10 different places. It was just to keep people busy that were new, right? And uh, oh, that's funny. And uh, yeah, I mean, we could go on and on, Sean, but yeah, talk about what your next book is going to be about. And, you know, because I know you you got that in the works and, and what have you been up to since you know, you talked about your book, doing the audio. What else has gone on in your life since we we talked last? So I'm at that threshold because when you know, be careful what you pray about. And I've done. I'm I'm constantly. What ended up happening by writing ten seconds of boldness is it became the biggest, just like the big book of AA. It became a huge accountability tool for me to practice what I preach. Because I wrote all this stuff with the intent of helping other people. And it's, it's what I'm realizing is that, you know, none of us are perfect. The, the, the program talks about that progress, not perfection. So I keep, I'm, I'm much more mindful of my own defects of character, my own tendencies to slack and become complacent when I get back on track. So what's happened is after this book or, in the midst of doing this book, when I made the decision to finally do it during the pandemic, my sales shot through the roof. 
they were up 22% year over year. I had the two best years that I could ever have, I've ever had in my career. Then right after I hit publish, the wheels came off the cart again. So you, you know, God nudged you into the pool. God nudged me into, you know, don't get cocky here because we know what cockiness does. Right. And I was like, okay, so how do I do this? So I took some of this stuff here and I put it on this whiteboard above my desk. And I was like, getting frustrated again. And I'm like, well, you already wrote the solution. You just have to practice it. And I like to jokingly say that I'm ambitiously lazy and I didn't want to. So I put that into, into practice in this last couple months. It's been a, a rough, 2023 has been a rough year. And May, I had to go up against some huge numbers and I didn't hit them. April, I pulled all the stops out that I could to do that. And now June and July, the momentum that I created coming into April, June and July have been really, really good. So what that's done, though, in the process of talking about this book, sharing it on social media, getting some feedback, doing blogs, is being more intentional about the direction that I want to do for the rest of my life. And what that looks like is I'm, I know that I'm, I've got here, I'm going to just read this to you because it's, it's I was going to say, share some of those, share some of it with us. All right. So this is the first, you, you guys are the first ones. This is my private stuff. Max is going to have it at memoriam, but I'm going to read this to you because I appreciate Max asking this and it's not vain. This is what's called an affirmation. It says, I am the most successful, inspirational author of all time. My stories in books, talks, and training have helped over a hundred million people worldwide. All because I followed what my higher power wanted me to learn and found the courage to share that experience, research, and wisdom of myself and others through transformational stories of hope that have made a meaningful and lasting impact on the world. The journey has been a purposeful response to God's calling. I am merely a humble messenger and a merchant of hope. I read this every single day, you guys. And I do this because it has been my experience throughout my life that what is written down and what is rehearsed and what is incorporated into our being, the secret power of everything in this world is connection. It's about the surrender. It's about having this clarity and putting it out there in the world and sharing it with somebody that I trust on a podcast, nobody else besides my wife and son have read that. I have not put it out there publicly. And what's behind that is, I don't know exactly how yet. I have an idea, but I'm figuring out the how. And that goes back to 10 seconds of boldness. You know, there's five steps of, it's a five-step methodology or strategy for solving any problem or, or accomplishing any goals or opportunities. The simple five steps are what we already talked about because Max and I know this from the 12-step program. You got to identify the problem or the opportunity, number one. You don't identify it or admit it, you're wasting your time. Number two is you have to clearly decide what it is that you want to do about it. Surrender, ask for help. Number three is why. What are the stakes? What is? What am I going to stand to gain or what is the pain attached to me not doing something? And the fourth and the fifth are the easiest of all, but every other self-help program out there goes immediately to four and five. They're create a plan and then start working the plan. 
So the plan, everybody has a plan, how to, how to, how to. What people forget is the why to. So I have spent the better part of the last year because it's coming up. August 12th is a one-year anniversary of 10 Seconds of Wellness. I spent the last year in deep introspection of looking at what my why is. And that little excerpt that I just read to you, I spent 10 weeks with a coach because I talk about the need to get coaching. And we arrived at what is your intent? And the intention that I have is I am a merchant of hope. It's nothing new. It's been there all along. And that's what I want to leave with people is that the things that we think we want to do or who we want to become are already deeply inside our mind, our heart, and our bodies. We only need to change our focus to look at them and be willing to let them open up and blossom and trust Mm. and trust that some power, whether it's the universe, God, a power greater than ourselves, a higher power, that that and the help of other people is enough for us to have the courage and confidence to take the next step forward. And it's it's like this huge epiphany. I've been doing this for 37 years in AA, and it's like, why don't I apply it to other areas of my life? One day at a time. So to answer your right. question, long story long, the next book I'm doing is a distillation of some of the key concepts that have been part of who I am for the last 40 years. Some of them I included in 10 Seconds of Boldness, but uh, two months ago, I sat down and said, I'm going to write a book that's similar to that 24-hour-a-day book. I want to have this be a stream of consciousness. I'm going to sit down at my computer until I feel that it's done, and I'm going to be a conduit of what the universe wants me to put into this book. And what it's called is Today's the Day. I have the manuscript right here. I am now 25% away from editing it before I send it to my editor. It's called Today's the Day, Inspiration, Encouragement, and Wisdom for Living a Happier and More Productive and Fulfilling Life One Day at a Time. And there's roughly 60 or so different single page, some are two page, just little meditations and thoughts, inspirations prompts to get people to take a look in the mirror and and find that courage within to take a step forward into who they want to be and what they want to do and who they want to become and not just selfishly who do they want to help because as max and i know the 12 steps of of the program of alcoholics anonymous of which neither one of us are spokespersons for we are here sharing some of our experience, strength, and hope as it relates to that, is to carry the message to those who still suffer. So that, and and Bill Wilson, the founder, one of the co-founder of AA said, pass it on. That's real, real simple. This is starting to hit mainstream now. You see billboards and ads saying, pass it on. Guess what? It's not a new concept. Back before we had the internet and social media and texts and cell phones, you know how they passed it on? They sat around a campfire and told stories. Yeah. That's how they passed it on. And so in kitchens and <laughs> drinking coffee and smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Sitting around drinking bad coffee, smoking <laughs> bad cigarettes and shooting the shit and carrying a message of hope to those who still suffer. And that's from this point forward for me to achieve this big lofty goal. And I don't care how long it takes, it takes the rest of my life. 
that's what I'm all about is, is trying to encourage and inspire other people to begin to believe in themselves. Right. And I love that you're doing that, right? Because I, I, I try to plant that seed in the clients that I work with, right? But I mean, you know, because you and I have been there at one point, right? Well, we're new. We don't think we need help. We can do this. We got this. But I love planting. I even actually have my clients do like I am statements and come up with a little, you know what I mean? And it's funny, right? Because and I wouldn't say it's funny, but when I watch them go through that process, it's so hard for them to figure out what their strengths are or say good things about themselves. But they're easy to go to the bad, right? But I guess I'm just the planter of seeds, right? Just to get them to start thinking that way. Like you, we all started where you're where you're at. I tell them, and I said, you know what? It just start here, and then I'll break it down. Just do I am like every day. Do a new I am statement. Like today, it's yeah. I am worthy, or then tomorrow it's I am handsome, right, or whatever. You know what I mean? And I love that you do that, right? Because that's something that we all can take into life. Right. That's not just a program thing. That's a game changer for the way we look at life. And it changes, right? Because we're, I don't know about you, but I've been taught, right? We got a disease of perception, right? Like, yeah. right. And if we can change our perception about ourselves first, then we can step out into the world and see things a little bit different, right? And like you said, it doesn't matter if you have two days, you can help the person with one day or if, if you've been in business 20 years and you've been successful, you can help the guy that's just starting, right? And you and I are on that same path. And we're just trying to help people to make this place, this earth, a better place to live, right? So that we can all be happy, right? That's why I put the why in happiness, right? Because it's got to start with us. Because um, you've been married a long time. I've been married right now six years. And, and my wife understands. She says the same thing to me, right? Like, Happiness has to be, I have to be happy with who I see in the mirror first, because I could have the hottest wife, all the money in the world, and you see it out in, in the media, right? Mm. Like some of the most unhappy people have the most money in the world, right? Like they yeah. just are never happy. Um, but this is what makes me happy, right? Being on a podcast with my friend, Sean, right? For the second time and, and listening to him, his passion and his voice about like how he wants to help other people take that next step, right? De de despite the fear, here's what you can do to beat that fear. You know, and I am so grateful that you came back on and shared about, you know, 10 seconds to boldness, what your new book's going to be about. So um, before I get into the questions I like, is, uh, like that I like to ask, people want to get a hold of you, Sean, how can they reach out and, and or get your books and, and just get a hold of you if they have questions for you? The the best thing is just I've got a website. It's Sean Langwell, S H A W N L A N G W E L L dot com. Most it needs to be updated a little bit, but a lot of this current stuff is on that site. There's an audio sample of my uh, most recent book up there as well. Um, I'll go ahead and throw my email out there. You can find it if you go to the website, but it's Sean Langwell Writer at gmail dot com. Those are the best ways. And then, you know, the other thing, Max, is when I get done with this book in the next month or two, I'll have uh, the workbook. I went ahead and created a workbook for 10 Seconds of Boldness, and I'm not totally sure how to do it. I'm going to probably teach from it, but you just brought something up when we're working with people even in recovery. There may be some, uh, some elements in there 
that could be helpful to others who are in the recovery field of guiding people beyond recovery. It's not a four-step list. This is about goals and aspirations and a mindset like you talked about of that little shift, simple things, I am statements, affirmations. And you know, when I get it done on a Kindle, it's going to be available for, I'm putting it out there for $3.99. Right now, the workbook, I think is, I've got it at $16.95. It's available on Amazon. All these books, Beyond Recovery, 10 Seconds of Boldness, and the 10 Seconds of Boldness workbook, and the forthcoming Today is the Day will all be available on Amazon, but they'll also be available bookstores anywhere in the world. Um, I do that on purpose. Uh, you know, Beyond Recovery, I just moved to Kindle Unlimited because I wanted to expand it and have it available to more people. And what's happened um, sounds bragging, but I'm incredibly humble um, over time came out in 2016. Day before yesterday, it was at number 90 in one category of OCD on the Amazon bestsellers list. Today, when I got up this morning, because of the connection of friends who shared a post I put on social media, it jumped to 25. And at the end of the day today, it's probably going to be, it may be knocking on the door to number one in the category of OCD. It's currently at 140 in 12-step programs. So I'm incredibly blessed. Um, that's a testament to say never give up. Never give up. Never. I'm with you 100%, right? And and even though there's people out there, as you know, like they hate the 12 steps because whatever reason, right? But if you think about it, people like Bill W., Dr. Bob, people that started NA and right? There's a lot of help out there for people. And maybe that's just where it starts, right? And as like you and I have grown, right? Yeah, that's our foundation. That's what got us to where we are today. Do we ever forget it? Heck no, right? That's, no. I live by it, right? But practicing those principles, those 12 principles has opened my life and my heart to so many, right? Other things that you know, like I said, I get to do this podcast. Like I, that was one thing that our, <laughs> my sponsor, when I was huffing my tools to the bus stop, right. And I'm cussing because they're heavy. Right. And I'm like, I had no license. Right. And he goes, look, man, you get to walk to the bus mm. stop with your tools. You get to go to work. And it sunk in. Luckily it was, that was one of those things that didn't take a long time I got it because it brought me back to when I got out of jail and I was going, what am I going to do? I had shorts, a tank top and flip-flops, nothing. Right. And, and now I have work boots, you know, I have clothes on my back, brand new tools that I can lug. And, you know, to this day, I, I thank him. I have the same sponsor for almost 20 years, right? I thank him like for telling me the things I get to do. Right. <laughs> He's calling my Yoda. That's an that's an, a real important distinction too. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, as far as the expectation and the entitlement mentality. But it, it's about gratitude. We get to we get to wake up sober. We get to go celebrate an anniversary with our spouses. We get to show up to work and do the best job we can. It's not a have to, and that's just, that's one of those simple, subtle shifts that ties into the title of your podcast. Fearless happiness is about moving from I have to, to I get to. And if people listening make that one teeny tiny subtle shift of stop expecting everything 
without putting the effort in and start taking responsibility for the things we can control. If anybody knows the serenity prayer, this entire book is all about the serenity prayer. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the, the things, things I can, I can. <laughs> and the wisdom to know the difference. It's That's it in a nutshell. Yep. Everything we just talked about is all right there. Absolutely. And that's, you know, I say that prayer every morning, every night, throughout the day, right? When I'm getting in my head or thinking that I know better when I need to mm -hmm. step back and go, hey, let's reassess this situation before I get myself in trouble. Wait, can um, I control this or not? I don't know. Let's right? try. But um, I mean, you've opened my eyes to so many things again today, Sean, like I'm so glad you got to come back. We had to have got got to have this conversation, right? Because sometimes we need those subtle reminders, right? Because you brought back a big memory for me that I've been living by too, is right. Being grateful for the things I have and not worrying about the things I don't have, right? My sponsor one day I was totally, you know, like that entitled, I get to do this or I get blah, blah, blah. I'm grateful. He goes, you know what? Gratitude's an action word, Max. Show me. Mm -hmm. And he stopped me dead in my tracks. And I was like, oh, like this stuff's not just going to come to me. And he's like, no, it doesn't work that way. You got to work your butt off for it. You know, and some of the things you might not even get because what I was talking to you before the podcast, right? God, uh, someone's rejection is God's protection. And that's what helped switch that around for me. Like instead of sitting here, you know, angry and in my head, trying to do a podcast with you, I, I told myself like, there's something I probably got to learn from Sean while we do this podcast episode, right? Because I know left to my own devices, man, I can screw things up really quick, right? But like you said, and what we've talked about throughout this podcast, if I can humble myself enough to ask for help, admit I don't know everything, and just go, look, man, I surrender. Like, okay, God, give me the courage to change the things I can, I can, right? And the wisdom to know the difference. I just sometimes need to know that part to go, I'm right where I need to be. Well, the other thing too, Max, and I forget this too, is one and going back to early sobriety, and I still, you know, we get to a place where we're comfortable, and that's where complacency sets in. Right. We, one of the best tools for getting out of a funk in our own brain that I learned in recovery is to go help another alcoholic or help somebody else in need. It doesn't have to be in the program. And you already alluded to that. So what that does is it automatically puts us into a state of being humble, of service. And what that action does is allow the power of the universe to come in through us because we're not worrying about what we're going to get. We're concerned about what we can give to somebody else. And that is a little tiny secret that is easy to overlook when you start thinking everything's going well, but it's also a simple tool that gets me out of a funk faster than I can believe. You know, oh, yeah. I've had to use it. I don't care if I got 37 years. I've had to call since I, I dropped in on a sponsee who was kind of button heads with me and just showed up unexpectedly and sat down and had an hour conversation with them three weeks ago. Cause I was in a, I was frustrated and I'm like, <laughs> What would you do? What would your sponsor tell you to do? Oh, go help. Well, you haven't talked to your own sponsees in months. Let's just go show up. He shows up here unexpected. I'm going to go drop in on him. Right. And I walked away feeling great. That's so, it. 
That's it. Something that easy is just go help someone. Yeah, that was drilled in my men's group. That was a big thing, right? If you think your life is shitty, go help someone. If you still think your life is shitty, go help somebody else. And if you still think your life is shitty, help someone else. He goes, but by the time you're done helping all those people, you're going to realize that your life's pretty damn good. And you know what I mean? And, And right. And this is for the people that are not in recovery, right? Learn that you get to do things today. You don't have to do things that life happens for you, but not to you. And if you stick around what I've learned, what I'm learning now, as I get older, that life sometimes happens through you, right? Whatever, like you said earlier, whether it's God a higher power, the universe, right? It starts to work through you to show other people, look what Sean's doing. If he can do it, you can do it. Look what Max is doing, right? If he can do it, you can do it, right? But you just nailed it, right? The whole reason I'm here today, Sean, is because I've helped people without Mm -hmm. expecting anything in return because that's what I was told would get me out of myself was just go help someone. Go move that couch for the 15th time, Go pick some weeds for somebody. Go help them do whatever, but just get out of yourself, right? And, and you'll realize that you really don't have it so bad, right? Because our heads can make a mountain out of a molehill, they say. And I know this one can. So, but this is what happens when I, you know, I'm in myself, you know, I go, cool, I got this podcast interview with Sean today. We're going to have a great conversation. And my hope along the whole, the whole time along the way is hopefully that him and I get to help some people. And I think we can. I think you nailed some stuff where people just need to hear it, whether it comes from us from program or someone in personal development, because we got both sides, right? Yep. One thing you can't be afraid to do, everybody, like Sean said, is just don't be afraid to do the work. Yeah, you may fail, right? We all learn to fail forward. Fail, just keep trying, get up. What's that Chinese uh, saying, right? Fall down seven, get up eight, right? Or I like that one by Mike Tyson, right? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched in the face, right? So you're gonna get punched in the, you're gonna get punched in the face. Just means it's time for you to regroup and, and figure out something else, how to do it a different way. And that's the resiliency that that happens, you know, and and even like in the in the program, when people relapse or they go back out. Um, one of the guys during the pandemic started a, a online meeting. He's got over 56 years of sobriety and there's a lot of similarities of when he came in, but he tells his story, you know, he came in and out over a hundred times before it stuck. So we just don't know. That's why I say, you know, don't give up. Don't quit. Big thing that I keep right here. It says, don't quit before the miracle. Where do you think I learned that? I, heard <laughs> I first heard it, believe it or not, from a heroin addict in a meeting of, uh, in a 12 step meeting who used to say the same thing over and over again he's like just don't quit before the miracle you know don't quit before the miracle look at me and i'm like yeah right whatever he didn't quit before the miracle neither have i and that's it that's why you and i are here right because we haven't quit we haven't quit on ourselves we haven't quit before that miracle happens because we know we just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other and help as many people along the ways we can and have fun on the podcast while we can and just keep plugging well, I appreciate you here, but you know, there's a few questions I like to ask before we end it. Right. Since sure. it's been a while, what does fearless mean to you today? And what does that look like for you, Sean? Fearless to me is a quiet 
acceptance that I am not in control of everything. It's, it's recognizing that things are not going to go the way that Sean wants. And that's okay. That's what I mean by acceptance. So the fear is attached when I'm in a state of fear, it's attached to usually me not getting something that I want or that I feel like I deserve. And when I remove the attachment to that fear, it ceases to exist because I embrace it. I understand that it's going to be there and that by embracing it, like you already talked about, of falling down and getting back up, the fear of failure is, is a lie. The, the fear of failure persists when we stay so afraid of failure that we do not take action. But if we fall down, we learn. We get back up. It's like a toddler learning to walk. They keep falling down. Do you think they give up? No, they want to walk. And they don't need parents to come along and say, come on, Johnny, you can walk. When the kid's ready to want to walk, the kid's going to learn how to walk. So fearlessness to me today is something that is, it gets me frustrated when I get to a place where I feel like I've evolved a little bit more and not being as afraid as I think I am when others do. But what I'm finding is that there are still things that come up and cause me anxiety, and it's usually about fear of the unknown. So it's an evolving, ever-changing strategy. The actually, the strategy doesn't change. The approach to it does, but the things that I'm afraid of kind of shift over time and even throughout the day. So if I maintain that focus on not being afraid of fear itself, which is an old quote, um, there's really nothing to fear. Yeah, you heard it, everybody. So, you know, my next question, right? Knowing I put that, why, since this is your second episode now with me, what does happiness mean to you? And how's that showing up in your life today? Happiness to me is really when I have, I, I put a post-it note up here. I'm a post-it note madman, but I put this thing on the, the John Wooden Pyramid of Success right on the left-hand side that says, have more fun. So what happiness means to me is to kind of let go of my control issues, my ability to want it, or my, my need to feel like I have to control so everything comes out. I'm a driven individual, and sometimes I get very uptight and learning to let go and just go with the flow. When I'm there and I don't feel like I have to control everything, I'm much happier. Um, I'm also happier when I know that I push through it. They're tied together. It's a brilliant name. I know I gave you crap about putting the why in happiness when we first did the first interview, interview. And I was like, okay, now I get it. The why is they're intertwined. They're inseparably intertwined. And when we're in a state of fear, guess what? The potential for happiness is almost non-existent. But when we're in a state of acceptance and grace and love, and doing the best that we can with the tools and skills and abilities that we have as human beings and we're not stuck in a place of fear that's where happiness comes because some of the greatest joys i've had are actually pushing through whatever fear it is and coming out the other side and that's that's where joy and elation come from it's a step above just being happy true joy comes 
not only from knowing that you persist through something that was perceived as an obstacle, but the bigger, grander joy happens when we push through it and we take that experience and we share it with somebody else and watch them apply it to their life and their situation and watch how that transforms their life, which is what you're doing with this podcast and in recovery and what I do with my sponsees. That joy is miles above happiness. This picture in the background is happiness. I wanted to go on a ferry ride to go to the Giants game, and it turned out to be a beautiful day. And I'm just out here on the boat going across the bay for an hour with my wife, looking out and going, I get to sit in the middle of this San Francisco Bay and look out across two and a half, three miles away at the Golden Gate Bridge that's there in the background. Yep. And just be here and be present and not have to try and control everything. So that's a long-winded way of just saying happiness is really just being present and not trying to control things. There you go. I love it. I couldn't have said that better than my myself. That's just an amazing definition that I think a lot of people need to hear, right? Because right, happiness, as we know, can be fleeting. But joy, when you do that stuff that, like you said, makes you happy but brings you to that joy, ain't no stopping you. There isn't. But you're it's not contagious. off the hook. Right. <laughs> and you're, so you're not off the hook just yet. I don't think I all asked right. you this in the first go around, but now I ask all my guests, right? So what is one piece of advice, Sean, that you could give my audience that will help them grow as human beings and become better people? You know, I just realized you were probably the one that put me on this track because when I did this last book, I came up with a vision, mission, and a purpose statement. And one thing, the simplest thing that I can say, well, let me read this. My mission statement is to encourage, inspire, and help people become brave and confident enough to believe they can accomplish their dreams and goals. I'll repeat it. To encourage, inspire, and help people become brave and confident enough to believe they can accomplish their dreams and goals. So if nothing else, the one parting words of wisdom that I could give to anybody out there is, we believe in you. The key to your success in anything you do in life is when you find the capacity to begin to believe in yourself. Amazing. That's what it's all about, right? Is when you can have that self-confidence, right? Like you, we talked about not being cocky, but just confident enough to know that no matter what comes my way, I'm going to give it my best. At the end of the day, whatever I get through, I'm going to get through and I'm going to know what I'm going to keep my head held high and know I gave my best. That's it, right? It's yeah, amazing un stuff. Unlike the song, your best is good enough. <laughs> All right, man, this was awesome. Everybody, thank you again, Sean, for coming back. But everybody, if you, if Sean made you think, if he made you laugh, if he really made you go, hmm, right? And if you learned something from Sean, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star review so more people can find the podcast. And I guarantee you we'll bring him back when he does his next book. We'll have him back. Um, but thank you so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to be here, Sean. Thank you for just giving so much value to my audience. Can't wait to have you back again. It was always great to talk to you. Thanks so much for being here, Sean. 
Till next time, everybody, we'll see you later. Are you tired of being weighed down by life's traumas and struggles? Join the Fearless Happiness Lifestyle and let us guide you toward a brighter future. Explore our past podcast episodes and get a copy of the Fearless Happiness book to ignite your inner strength. If you or someone you love is battling addiction or facing challenges related to unresolved trauma, know that we are here for you. Visit maxnaist.org, M-A-X-N-I-J-S-T dot O-R-G, and take the first steps toward finding your fearless happiness. Thank you for listening. This has been a production of Fearless Happiness.